Hey, welcome to the Text Lab. My name is Michael, one of the pastors here at Vintage Grace. My name is David. I'm a new pastor here at Vintage Grace as well. Yeah, we're excited because we are starting a brand new thing called the Text Lab, where what we're going to do is we're going to do a deep dive into the text to help you prep for life groups this week. Our goal is to help you make disciples who make disciples. So whether you're leading a group or just trying to do some deep diving on your own, we hope that the Text Lab helps you to have meaningful conversations about what God has said in this word. This week is John 1, 1 through 5. Let's get into it. So this is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Dude, there's literally so much in this text. I feel like we're just going to be saying that every single week. So with every group, what we're trying to do is really create self-feeders so that you can read the Bible on your own and be fed from the Word. And so one thing that we're going to be doing is pointing you guys in some helpful direction that we're seeing that's coming from. What's the author's intent? What's the purpose of this text? And so as we dive into John, um, I think some things that are really helpful to know, it's written by John, disciple of Christ, son of Zebedee. And also one of the important pieces here is kind of understanding his purpose. Whereas maybe the synoptic gospels are telling us what Jesus did, John is really telling us who Jesus is. Mm, that's good. So, so that being said, man, what sticks out to you that we might need a little bit of historical help on? Well, I think it's, it's, it's really helpful to know John 1, 1 through 18 is a poem. So even as we're kind of breaking it up a little bit into verses one through five, um, understand that it's part of this bigger poem that's happening in John one, um, which is really yeah revealing the identity of Christ. Um, and so even as you look at verse one, what do you kind of see in there um, that kind of sticks out to you? Yeah, I think that it's really helpful that we're focusing on just one through five, because let me tell you, if you tried to do one, one through 18, that's like a three hour life group. We love you so much that we're not going to make you do that. We love you. Okay. But it might be helpful in group to read one through 18 for context, but we'll leave that up to you guys. But something that really sticks out in chapter one is that phrase in the beginning. Sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, I mean, if you've been around church for a while or you've been following Jesus, it probably sounds a lot like Genesis 1. And so I think that's a great thing to even ask your group. Um, you know, why does John start his gospel this way? What is it important for John? What's he trying to show uh, by beginning John 1 with this reference back to Genesis? Um, and then even as you go into verses 2 and 3, there's a lot there about the role um, of Christ in in the Trinity. And so you don't get a brain freeze whenever you think about Trinity. We'll put the, the, uh, up a, a chart on the show notes about the Trinity so that you have that. Um, but that's just an important thing. Pay attention to where you see Trinity in John 1 because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And another good one is who is the word, right? It's talking about this word that was with God, that was God. Who's the word? And what does it mean that Jesus is the word? There's probably some more historical goodness there for us, Dave. What, what's going on? Yeah, so, so in John 1, when you start thinking about Jesus as the word, um, as the logos, and, and that's kind of something that would have been in kind of Greco-Roman thought there that uh, they would have kind of been this understanding of what is truth and, and kind of wrestling with that. And I think there's something here that's really powerful to see that Jesus is truth himself. 
that that Jesus is not even giving us something um, apart from himself, but really he's just coming and giving us himself. And so you see that where it talks right there um, about Jesus as the word. Um, and that's a, that's a theme that will be consistent all throughout John. That's good. Yeah, I love that because it's not like Jesus just handed us something and said, all right, here you go, go yeah. make it happen. But he gives us himself and he himself is a truth. That's such an important thing, I think, for us to meditate on. Another theme that is coming up here is the theme of life and light. And really what you'll notice in John is that this is a primary theme. It's going to show up a lot during our series in this gospel. And here's the basic idea. Jesus is life. Jesus is light. If you track the logic and flow of that sentence there in chapter one, it says that in him was life. Literally, life doesn't exist without Jesus creating it. The existence of life is also a guide or a light. That's where that word light comes in for people to discover the reality of the word, right? Which is Jesus, the light, the life that can't be overcome. It's this beautiful, poetic explanation of who Jesus is and how he works. And the reality is there's no life without Jesus. Isn't that an encouraging word for 2020, that the light overcomes mm-hmm. the darkness? There'll be um, a part in the Gospel of John where it just feels like the darkness has overcome yeah. the light. But we know the end of the story, that Jesus does overcome the darkness, that he is the light, that darkness has no power over the light. The light it is just the absence of light. And so light always, 10 times out of 10, beats darkness. It dispels the darkness. And so these themes of light and darkness, John is really going to wrestle with uh, throughout the whole gospel. Here's a question maybe you could ask your group as you're leading them is, what is John trying to say about Jesus when he refers to him as light and life? Mm, that's really good because that's that's getting to kind of the big idea, which is what I think we always want to be wrestling with through the whole series, wrestling with in our groups. Um, you can begin to land on what is the big idea. And so what do you think that is? What, what's going on here? Uh, you know, with all these concepts that we're seeing in the first five verses, which there are a lot of them, Jesus is present and active in creation. Jesus is the divine word, the embodiment of the truth. Jesus is the life and the light of man that no darkness can overcome the light. There's a lot there. But what is John really trying to say to his audience about Jesus, keeping in mind this key verse that is in John's gospel? It's John 20, 31. As you guys are doing interpretation, as you're having conversations in your groups, always be thinking about John's authorial intent with this gospel. It's found in chapter 20, verse 21, and it says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's why John wrote all of it. So how does that fit within there? What are we trying to know? Well, we're trying to know that this is Jesus. These are statements about his character. Jesus is all of those things, creator, word, life, light. And so maybe for your group, you might want to ask, hey, what does it mean to you that Jesus is creator, word, life, light? Totally. And that, and that kind of brings us then to this application piece. As we think about who is Jesus, what does that then mean for me today, that Jesus is life? Mm. Yeah. And as we were talking on Sunday, asking about life, Jesus being life, Drew brought up this awesome comment about the good life. You can't see us right now, but there are air quotes floating around <laughs> our heads. Okay, what is the good life? What kind of good life does Jesus want us to have? And Drew did a really good job of spelling out the differences between maybe the world's perspective of the good life and the good life Jesus wants 
us to have. So in your groups, maybe ask the question, what kind of good life does Jesus want us to have? Something to keep in mind as you're having that conversation is John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus says that he came that you might have life in life to the full. So maybe something, Dave, you and I could could just kind of maybe share a little bit on is um, what ways have we maybe missed out on the good life, air quotes again, that Jesus wants us to have? Yeah, I love this question because I think it's really getting to the heart of the gospel of John and even kind of the heart of what do we view God's purpose as for our life? What's the end goal? What are we pursuing? And we all have our own visions of that. We all, we all have our own version of that. And really, I think one thing that I hope for for our, our, our people, our groups during this time is that we really be parsing out like what part of my life is pursuing God's version of the good life, Christ's version of the good life for me, and what part is this David's version of this? And I think that's a daily process to look at. I mean, even just for me, I kind of think of like what this year has been. Mm. And there's been so much with COVID and things going on politically in our country, things going on with smoke and fires right now. And there's just this temptation and desire in my own heart to just escape it all, to Mm. just go and run and to run from it all and kind of numb yourself from it. And that's just something I think that's a ongoing temptation that is kind of happening even in our culture as a whole is just if we can just escape pain, if we can just live a life that's only full of comfort um, and just kind of running from these different things. um, I think that's a temptation that a lot of people have uh, that that can be one of their versions of the good life is just endless comfort. And I find that creeps into my own heart as well. What are ways you think you find yourself like wanting to escape? What are ways you find yourself? Oh, I mean, I think like living in a digital world makes this really a real temptation kind of just day in, day out. Just I'm going to escape into social media, Mm. Instagram. I kind of numb myself, Facebook, whatever that is. Or maybe that's even through sports. Oh, I'm just going to go and kind of like dive into the here and get your fantasy team set up. Oh man, that's a real thing happening. Fantasy football is coming and there's a okay way to engage in that. And there's a way that that can be just an (laughs) escape. And so, um, and I, I mean, you see that even just, I think a consumeristic culture, people just escape into like, I'm just going to go buy some stuff Mm. and kind of, this is going to be an escape from pain. And that's not the good life that Christ invites us into, uh, which is actually going to be finding joy in the midst of pain and, and difficulty and trial and hardship. So yeah, that's that's real though. That's something that's that that's a daily ongoing process to continue to to grow and walk through. Yeah, that's true. I've I definitely felt that for myself too. I think there was kind of this like almost mourning period for mm-hmm. me when we entered into the whole like shelter in place deal and like it's kind of it's a bummer that some of it's become like politicized or whatever. But wherever you land on it, I mean the reality is like that time for everyone was a time where I feel like we kind of had to mourn the loss of a lot of things that we're used to doing all the time Um, for a good purpose, right? We're trying to help and like protect people and keep people safe, but also we miss out on Mm. what we're used to having parts of our life. So as I think about, you know, what my version of the good life was, like I'm a pastor, which means, you know, I get paid to talk to people about Jesus and I love going to coffee shops. Like I love hanging out, Chilling, coffee. Yeah, it's not a bad way to live, people. (laughs) Like, I highly encourage it. But I, as we entered into this kind of shelter-in-place thing, a lot of the things that I love to do with my wife, with friends, in ministry, were gone to where now it was just kind of like, hey, we're digital. We're not face-to-face anymore. We don't get the same kind of relational connection with, like, family or friends. And for me, that was really hard for a season um, because I think so much of how I felt good about my life or felt like I was in the right spot was based on 
hey, these things are present. I can go and get a nitro cold brew when I want to. But then when that's gone, and I know it's kind of pithy, but when it's gone, like there's this sadness of like, oh man, like I don't get to live that good part of life anymore. Mm -hmm. But something that I've been convicted of as we've been reading uh, just through John, preparing as a team to teach through it is just, man, how have I been taking these good things in life that God has given me and made them like a God thing for mm-hmm. me? Like maybe I was worshiping the freedom or maybe I was worshiping the like just time of hanging out in community. And is Jesus enough for me to be the good life, air quotes again, in the midst of missing out on these things that I was putting on the throne of my heart. Yeah. And so this has been a helpful time for me, a good time for repentance, maybe in your guys' group this week. That's what we're doing. We're just repenting of things that maybe we were too attached to that now in this season where things have been removed, we're recognizing that, you know what? Jesus really is all we need. And that's just been something that's been really settling into my heart. And I hope you guys are encouraged by that. Mm, that's too. so good. So. That's so good, Michael. I think as we think about that, it's important to think about multiplication mm. uh, from this, yep. uh, of, of who's your one. We say that a lot um, at Vintage. Who's your one? Who are you discipling? Who's the one person you could share this with this week? Um, who is the one person you're praying will find the good life, the good life mm. in Christ that is life enough? As we see, everything else is going to not uh, hold up and not be able to be enough. It, it will promise a good life, but ultimately it will always fail except Christ. So who's that person you're praying for that will find the good life in Christ? Right, because as group leaders, as people who are we're seeking to make disciples, we're seeking to grow in our faith, like it doesn't end with us, right? Like discipleship isn't we become super Christians and hint, hint, no one's a super Christian, but really what we're doing is we're discipling ourselves to Jesus, we're learning how to follow the good life he's given us, and we're called to multiply that in other people. So, mm-hmm. Dave, I think that's a great question. Who's one person that you can share like the good life yep. with? Who's one person you can be praying will find this good life that Jesus wants us to have where he's enough, not our things, not our stuff, not the things of God, but he's enough. So. Guys, I hope you're encouraged. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Look, here's our promise to you. We are going to do our very best to make this time valuable for you, the leader. If this has helped you in any way, let us know. We wanna know how we can keep doing this thing, making it better, making this work for you. Yeah, whether you're at the gym, mowing the lawn, driving, whatever you're doing right now, we really hope you feel equipped and encouraged and ready to walk through the text this week with your group um, and even just continue to grow in your own discipleship to Christ through this. Yeah, so as always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know this, you are one who is sent this week into your group, into your family, into your Pray Watch communities, wherever God invites you to be the living proof of our loving God. So we love you guys, and we will catch you next time on The Text Lab.